Hlu, Kai Hlu, Hedran Hlu. To what's this Dao all about? A lighthearted look at Taoism featuring Dr. Carl Totten and Todd Perry. Carl is the founder of the Taoist Institute in North Hollywood, California. Todd Perry knows a little about Taoism and is mainly here because he owns a few microphones. Now, let's learn what's this Dao all about. Everybody and welcome back to What's This Dow About? My name is Todd Perry, and next to me is the great Dr. Carl Totten. Good morning, all. America's favorite sea joe. <laughs> you know, it's been nice. I was on Reddit the other day. Uh, they have a great uh, thread on Taoism. It's like r slash Taoism on Reddit, and it was kind of cool. I was going through, you know, looking for things to talk about for the show or just things to learn about the Dow. And it's kind of cool. Some people, when they write, you know, how, how can I get into Taoism? What's the best way to learn or whatever? And mm-hmm. people all the time recommend our show. Isn't that great? It's very cool. Just, you know, out of nothing to do with me. I just go on there and like, oh, people are talking about us uh, wow. positively. So that's very cool. And then I started thinking, oh, no, people are coming to learn about the Tao from us. I, we, we sh- I should know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Now I feel responsible, you know. I didn't know, you know. It's like when the, the kid starts repeating stuff, you know, you go, oh, no, I got to watch what I got to say. Uh, so we're going to start off. Uh, I have an interesting story. Uh, last, on Mother's Day, it was, uh, for my wife, I woke up in the morning and being a dutiful husband and father, I made my wife a, a nice breakfast made her some pancakes and eggs and uh, some mimosas, you know, a little bit of champagne and orange juice, uh, you know, nice early morning just to celebrate her being a great mother. And then I myself had some champagne, I must admit. And then we went to the park with my uh, son and, you know, kind of went around playing in the park and we came back home and my wife went to go take a nap. And so right about then, then I had a little more champagne and then I realized... Oh, my! where's my phone, you know? Trying to figure out where my phone was. And I know people are thinking, what does this have to do with Taoism? It does. I don't, <laughs> this is like a Rachel Maddow story, right? Just 20 <laughs> minutes and finally there's a path. So I start w- wondering, like, you know, oh, where's my phone? So I go online and, and I do that find my phone yes. thing. Yes. And I realize it shows a little dot of where my phone is and it's in my wife's car across the street. It's, okay. I go out to grab the phone and I notice the phone is ringing which I assumed was part of the find my phone thing. It would ring it so you could find it. And it said, no caller ID on there. I thought, oh, I'm going to pick it up. It's going to say, oh, this is Apple. We found your phone. But I pick up the phone, and the, the voice on the other end has, hello, Todd, this is uh, Ben Hoff. Whoa. Whoa. Right? So when I was trying to find my phone, and again, I was sli- not drunk. Slightly buzzed from champagne <laughs> and surprised that one of my greatest heroes, the guy who got me into Taoism, the guy who we discussed earlier, the author of the Tao of Pooh, Benjamin Hoff was calling yours truly. And I could not believe, I, my jaw 
hit the floor. <laughs> and I was like, oh my, no, hopefully I don't sound slurry because I was drinking champagne this morning. And he's like, do you have time to talk? Oh, of course I have time to talk. <laughs> so what happened was I had, if, if you follow the show on Twitter, at What's This Dow, I had written a letter to Mr. Hoff because his address was on his website about appearing on the show. He had no email address, nothing, just a P.O. box. So I wrote him a letter, and then lo and behold, about three weeks later, he gave me a ring. And um, as we had talked about on the show before, he's working on this complete new translation of the Tao Te Ching, which is going to turn people's heads on Taoism. So uh, Mr. Hoff and I, we talked for an hour on the phone about this, and I am sworn to secrecy. Although I did tell a little bit about it to Dr. Totten before we started recording. <laughs> it's sworn to secrecy by him, but the, the great news is that he says that he wants to appear on the show. Uh, once he gets a little closer to releasing the book, uh, he was really excited about what he was working on, wanted to come on the show, and I was just so uh, blown away by how wonderful this guy was, and he was very, very intelligent. You know, you, you ever talk to somebody and you just go, man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> like you just feel like an an idiot, you know. I, f I felt like a child, you know, next to this man's intellect. That's great. That's great. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Oh yeah. So we're going to get him on the show. But he called me, and I'm just really excited about, about what's happening here. So um, yeah. So everybody, uh, fingers crossed, Good we news. can get him on soon. And also, if you listen to the show, email us some questions you might have for him. And that we can talk, you know, on a future show. I'll, I'll keep them all. I'll collect them, and then we will ask him on the show. So it's your shot because he's not on social media. He's, you know, I think I feel like he's kind of an aesthetic, mm -hmm. quietly, maybe digitally. Mm -hmm. That he, I don't think he. Uh, it seemed to me like he didn't have a computer. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> kind of cool. Talk about retro. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say one cool takeaway that I can talk about from the conversation is he says originally when he wrote the Tao of Pooh, he ruffled a lot of feathers among scholars because he takes a lot of shots at the scholarly way of looking at things versus the, the experiential yes. way of living. And he said that, uh, well, the, the scholars are going to take it in the shorts again, you know, with this book because... <laughs> Uh, a lot of their conceptions that they, you know, thought that there was a big blind spot in the Tao Te Ching um, mm -hmm. that they did not pick up on. So Interesting. It, there was a kind of giddiness in overturning <laughs> people's thoughts on the Tao again. So again, Benjamin Hoff is a wonderful man, and uh, it was great talking to him, and I'm going to try to get in touch with him soon to find out, you know, when he can come on. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. It'd be like if... If he were still alive, we could have like Alan Watts on the show or oh. something. <laughs> That'd yes. be amazing. Oh, my Lord. That would be another moment. Where I just, I'm too stupid to even talk right now. Like I did, it was like I interviewed Adam Carolla for something for this podcast I was doing at one point, And he was just so with it and fast and smart and funny. I just sat there and let him talk. I was like, okay, thank you. You know, and we're off to the next one. But yeah, it'd be like having Alan Watts, or you know, what would be you know, there's the pantheon of people that you would love to have a conversation with. Yes. And it was I. One of the guys called me the other day. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. So anyway, well, must be doing something right. I guess we're doing something. <laughs> you know, I found out that with most people, if you reach out to most people. Uh, in a sincere way about what they do, and you are sincerely interested, most people will, you know, capitulate or be interested or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. I, I mm -hmm. find. Um, so let's get on with it. Um, we're going to talk about something that is, I don't know, kind of near and dear. Oh, real quick, I'm sorry, in my notes, uh, 
Benjamin Hoff gave me a book recommendation. Now, uh, Dr. Totten, you have read this book, but uh, I think I can pass along to the uh, listeners here. He recommended a book called Zen and the Art of Archery by Eugene Harrigal. I guess it's originally a, a German author. Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, if you're in into the, you know, Dao Pu, Dea Piglet, uh, that you would definitely be into that book. So you recommend that book to me. So I'll be reading it, and I want to pass that recommendation on to you. Yes. Good book. So we had a listener mail the other day, and it was almost when I read it, I thought, I can't answer this listener mail because I share the same problem <laughs> and I'm not overcoming it anytime soon. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and also today we're going to talk a little bit about, we have a listener mail, we're gonna, we have a chapter from the Tao Te Ching to get to as well. Um, so a listener mail said, you know, first of all, it's a guy named uh, Tom, writes to us and says, I'd like to thank both of you for putting such time into such a great podcast. I always have to read the compliment, by the way. I always make sure that gets out there. I'm 34 and have been a longtime social media user with Facebook, Instagram, etc. And today I deactivated my social media accounts for a much-needed e-fast, as the wise Dr. Carl Totten called it on the show. This will probably be temporary, but who knows, I may never go back. Well, I can't believe that I'm already having withdrawals from not checking my accounts. It's crazy how addiction truly shows itself once you don't have it anymore, even if it's something silly like social media. I keep feeling the urge to type in Facebook.com as if I did so much that now it's just muscle memory. It feels like constantly opening a fridge and staring into it like it's a black hole. Any advice on how to overcome this mindset of social media addiction? Thank you. May the Dow be with you, Tom. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm sure all of our listeners that Tom is not the only one with this issue. No. <laughs> you admitted it to having it yourself. I am on Twitter. <laughs> I, you know, I was feeling bad about the fact that I am constantly looking at Twitter right before this uh, Russia stuff started happening with mm. the president. Mm. Now I actually unapologetically stare at my phone because I just have such a it's such an amazing, crazy scandal that you know. But I need to back off. Like sometimes I would put my phone in like. Uh, do not disturb mode. Right, so the, right. the constant IMs and texts and everything, I could get away from it. <laughs> but I, I need your advice as much as Tom, maybe more so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a Twitter account, but I purposely never use it. <laughs> mm. That's what I do. Cold turkey. That's just right. No withdrawals, just cold turkey. So I said, uh, in response to Tom, I said, Dear Tom, uh, thank you for your very interesting and probably not unique question. Many are spending far too much time on Facebook and other social media sites these days to the point of addiction. Our minds are attracted to that which stimulates it, so it is necessary to impose some discipline through a counteractivity. If you have not done so already, I advise you to to develop a daily gong or a routine that involves healthy exercise, meditation, and visualizing positive and healthy activities especially when you start to feel tempted to return to an addictive behavior. Instead, engage in your physical routine, deep breathing, and meditation with positive imaging of beautiful places in nature. If possible, go out into nature, take a walk, smell the flowers, listen to the birds, play with an animal, and the like. Immerse yourself in real life as an alternative to this digital format of life. In addition, uh, 
I did cast the I Ching of the Taoist Book of Change, oh. and I came up with chapter 12, which is called Stagnation. Mm. An interpretation of the first line from the I Ching workbook by Wing reads as follows. If it is not possible to change or influence the current environment while preserving the principles that have formed your character, then withdraw completely. Oh, oh, wow. Success will come to you in a more profound sense than could be realized from a compromising situation. Isn't that a very interesting comment indeed? Yes. <laughs> Being compromised. Withdraw completely. Yes. Which is exactly what he did, has done. Yeah. So he's in harmony with the Tao. Right. Good job there, Tom. So your temporary deactivation seems to have been a wise decision. Too much receptivity in this regard may have an adverse effect on your creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't, you don't want to be kind of a leaky bucket, <laughs> so right. to speak. And then I said to Tom, you know, one of the psychotherapy methods that I use as a psychologist is called energy psychology or tapping. Uh, it's a form based on a combination of acupuncture, you know, Chinese medical theory and psychological uh, psychotherapy, which was started by one of my teachers, Dr. Roger Callahan, who was the father of energy psychology. Okay. I trained with him for over 10 years. He created what he called TFT or thought field therapy and a version of that, which uses tapping acupuncture points to help stem Facebook addiction is actually posted online. Oh, wow. I've worked with people who have had various types of addictions, whether it's cigarettes or alcohol or drugs. Mm -hmm. And at the base of that often is anxiety. Yeah. And people, of course, are using whatever their addictive agent is in order to quell the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so if you can tap some of these acupuncture points that allow you to resolve the anxiety, then you have the space, the freedom to think about what it is you're addicted to. And rather than being comp compelled and com through compulsion to do it, you can actually think about it and go, do I really need that second, third cup of coffee right now? Mm -hmm. Do I really need to take that drink? Do I really need to uh, plug in my Facebook or Twitter account? Or might my time be better spent doing something else? Right. So that compulsiveness is reduced when you tap certain acupuncture points in a certain order. Mm. And um, like I said, there was actually a, a website. There's, there's a website called uh, www.thetappingsolution.com. Oh, okay. And, um, we, of course, we can place it in our... Um, Resources. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it in our Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to put it online so you actually you can break your yeah, e-fast. But it's it. actually called Curing Your Facebook Addiction. Yeah. Oh. And it, it actually you know shows you and tells you where those acupuncture points are and gives you some kind of counter things to say to yourself while you're tapping the points. And it will give you, I think, the space to not have to be compelled to do it. You can actually think, do I really need to do this right now? Or might my time be better spent doing something else? Right. So, so the aim, as far as I'm concerned, is always more freedom for ourselves rather than being compelled to do something just because we're addicted to it or just because the, the meme out there in society is that we're supposed to be doing something. Mm -hmm. Now, interesting enough, I was seeing a psychologist many years ago because I had, I had kind of let some party habits 
overtake my life slightly hmm. as they can. And so, and, and when kind of I would start to get these drive, these urges um, to, to use drugs, honestly, um, my uh, psychologist I went to go see, he, he gave me a, a thick rubber band. Oh, yes. And you have those thicker rubber bands, like not, not a thin one that you could break, but a thick rubber band. And he said, put this on your wrist. wrist. Yes. Have, have you heard about this? Oh, yes. I know all about it. <laughs> and so I said, okay. And so he, and, and so I would wear it on my wrist, and uh, I would get an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. A mild anxiety attack would mm-hmm. come over my body. It, it just started happening, and I was like, okay, this isn't cool. I, I, this isn't fun anymore. You know, I need to get some help. And so he showed me uh, this technique, and it was very effective. And that when that anxiety would start to come over me and my, my mind would go that way, I would snap the snap rubber band. Yes. And it would kind of shock you out of it, and it became this ritual, this routine. And it would. I remember one time I was having such a severe episode that I actually I sat down in a corner and just snapped that sucker like <laughs> 10 times and then eventually it kicked me out and it kind of got me out of that headspace and and I was able to overcome you know yes. the the compulsion yes um so that was that was very effective so I th- I think it's kind of yes. along the same thing well, one of the main techniques in uh probably the most popular form of psychotherapy in the United States right now, which is cognitive behavioral. Mm-hmm. It has like the most kind of um, empirical research to show that it's very effective in a, in a short amount of time. And uh, one of, you know, as I mentioned many times, uh, we, we tend to be as human beings, creatures of habit. Yeah. Right. And so what's some of the better ways to break a habit? You have to do a pattern interruption. Otherwise, because it's already set in your neurons, yeah. you know, you're going to just automatically, you know, go yeah. down a sequence. You're go, on the slide. Yeah, you're down on the slide. And down the you slide. go. Yeah. But if you do something right at the beginning to stop it, like tapping, like snapping, <laughs> yeah. you know, like uh, there's something called thought stopping, where in your mind, not out loud, people will think you're nuts, but in your mind, you simply yell, stop, right. <laughs> not out loud. Yeah, uh, they'll they'll call the, the you know the paddy wagon for you. Yeah, but if you say that out loud in your mind, you kind of like screaming in your head. That thought sequence, particularly if you have the habit of like thinking negative thoughts about yourself, mm-hmm. about your life, it will stop. And then you can do some other things, you know, some uh, positive uh, you know, visualization, some, uh, uh, you know, creative uh, self-talk, you know, some self-affirmations, you know, uh, a review of some of the actual things you've done in your life that are constructive and creative. You know, in other words, you can do, you have the space to then put in something else instead of what you automatically do. Right. It's called a pattern interruption. Right. And that's the, one of the great ways to actually stop habitual behavior. Oh. Whoop. I hear Whoa. F- Whoa, phones boy. going off. Uh-oh. Speaking of digital detachment. <laughs> Is it uh, Mr. Hoff calling you back again? <laughs> it's, it's my uh, wife. <laughs> oh, okay. We'd put Mr. Hoff on the air right now. Yeah. <laughs> so... The important thing is that whatever challenges we have in our life, uh, if you look around, there there are tools to help solve those challenges. But if you continue to just go down the path, like you said, go down the slide and do nothing, then that will be with you forever. Uh, My Zen master, we were talking earlier, he's going to be here on June 17th. Yes. And everyone's invited to come hear him. 
uh, Master uh, Kim, Yohun Kim. And one of the things he says is, you want to know what your life's going to be like in 10 years? He says, look at how your life's been the last 10 years. Next 10 years is going to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, you change and start to live fully present in the present moment, then all bets are off, and then now you become part of the ongoing change and unfolding of the moment, moment by moment, Mm -hmm. because you're no longer attached to and addicted to the patterns that you might have established in the past 10 years. Now, what do you think that uh, Lao Tzu would say about social media addiction or being addicted to staring at your phone <laughs> or, you know, addicted to seeing their texting or, cause a lot of, you know, um, his, his teachings have to do with detachment. Yes. Right. Um, yes. So I would, I would figure that anything that takes us away from living in the moment, uh, is going to be a quote unquote sin. Yes. Right. To, yeah. And we know, you know, he always advised, Essentially, you know, return to the source. What is the source? Of course, the source is the great Tao, often as exemplified by nature. And and so another thing that I, um, like, in fact, that was some of the advice I actually gave Tom. Yeah. Remember, I actually said, you know, why don't you go outside, you know, go smell the flowers, you know, look at the birds, go play with an animal, go hug a tree, you know, because when you do things that are actually... Uh, the, represent the um, the embodiment and the unfolding of nature. It takes you away from these things that are more artificial, yeah. just automatically, and so almost without trying, it's it's a cure for the addiction without yeah. you having to actually try to get rid of it. You know, I often say that one of the one of the more fulfilling ways to change is rather than trying to stop doing something, you start doing something else. Right. And you let that something else that's healthier for you, uh, more uh, creative, more in touch with what's natural, you let that begin to fill up your time and your energy. And then these things that are more artificial, like old stale fruit, just fall off the tree. Right. Oh, that's beautiful. I, um... Oh, and by by the way, one more thing. Just this morning, I couldn't believe it. I actually had a... um, a uh, email come back from Tom, and he says, and I quote, thank you very much. This is very helpful. I am honored to hear from you and for your words of wisdom. May the Dao be with you, Tom. Ah, very nice. <laughs> Perfect timing. Oh, so I have some quick uh, notes real quick. Now, a friend of mine, this is a great great, great friend to have, a, a friend of mine it actually runs a digital detachment blog. And so he's kind of an expert in the field, and uh, he had some advice uh, and what one good thing was, he said, you know, I, I think that the idea is that, again, social media in and of itself isn't bad, right? Twitter isn't bad. Instagram isn't bad. Looking at your phone a hundred times a day to do it is bad, <laughs> right? Um, so he said, you know, pick a week, weeknight and leave your phone in your car when you get home from work. And don't touch it again until you make it to your first destination the next morning. Mm. You know, and... I, I found that at, at certain times, I like if I'm going out maybe with my wife and my child and I want to be present and everything, then I'll just leave the phone at home, yes. you know, like on a Sunday. And then because the phone isn't on me, it isn't constantly chirping. It isn't constantly buzzing. Yes. It's still like even if you are not looking at the phone, 
your phone will be taking up 10% of your consciousness just <laughs> because it's on you, right? Like maybe if you're an addict and there's a beer in the fridge, right? <laughs> then the beer will talk to you all day, <laughs> even though you're not drinking it. Yep. You're, it's consuming you, right? But, yes. you know, if you get the beer out of the house, then maybe it won't, right? Yes. I think the phone is a similar thing. Absolutely. Yes. And so uh, let's see here. And, and, and like, I, like Tom is doing, and I suggested uh, in one of our previous shows, an e-fast. You know, it's, it's helpful, I think, every now and then to just say it, pick a day and say, you know, today, no electronics, mm-hmm. no TV, no phone, no computer, no nothing. Instead, I'm going to actually talk to people in right. person. <laughs> I'm going to read a book. Yeah. I'm going to take a walk. Yeah. I'm going to go for a hike. I'm going to go for a swim. I'm going to actually live. Yes. <laughs> oh, how radical is that? Yeah, that's what the number two on his note said. Pick a, a Saturday or a Sunday for an e-fast. Yes. And also he said, uninstall your most addictive apps for the whole week. So maybe not, you know trashing your whole phone, but maybe just get rid of Twitter for a week. Yes. Get rid of, get rid of Instagram for a week. Um, and then also, now this has to deal with one of your solutions, which is creating a new habit, which mm-hmm. will then make the dead fruit fall off the tree. It said, pick a day and plan to take a five-minute walk for every hour you spend working. Don't take my word for it. Read all about it. And uh, I guess there's some information about it in the New York Times Smarter Living section. Uh, circle another weekday on the calendar this month to enact a voluntary brownout. <laughs> uh, and then also, here's an interesting thing. Keep a tally of when you so- switch away from working on a medium-length task that ideally should be complicated in one continuous sitting. Mm-hmm. So I found that I would it was helpful to me when I'd put my, my phone in do not disturb mode. Let's say if it was a work thing, maybe, you know, sometimes it takes me an hour to write an article for work, right? And so I'll just turn that phone off for for an hour, and then almost, oh, dear Lord, in one continuous setting, sitting, <laughs> I complete it within the hour. Now, if the phone's blurping and beeping and, and, and all this mm-hmm. stuff, now suddenly mm-hmm. that task took me an hour and a half. Right. You right. know? And and so it's just that knowledge of, okay, how are you wasting your time or how, to, how much time does it figure in? Because you, you don't even know what you're paying exactly. attention to, to exactly. doing it. So, of course, the one healthy um, yeah, electronic media that you can tune into, of course, is what's this DAO all about? That's right. <laughs> as much as possible at any time. That you, only good results will accrue from that. That's right. <laughs> now, that being said, let's uh, get a little deeper into answering the age-old question of what's this DAO all about. Oh, by, by the way, it's uh, digitaldetachment.com is the website. It's a gentleman named Brian Diedrich who runs it. Uh, let's see here. So what's this DAO all about? Uh, let's take a look. Uh, Dr. Totten, you chose Chapter 3 for us to discuss. Yes. Okay, look, I noticed that uh, I think we did the first couple of chapters of the Tao Te Ching, and then we jumped up further and then actually went to the last chapter, and, and then we kind of went to some in the middle. Yeah. So I said, well, let's go back here and kind of take some of these in sequential order. Yes. Why not? So... Chapter 3 is very short, as many of the chapters of the Tao Te Ching are, but very powerful. It reads as follows. Not exalting the gifted prevents quarreling. Not collecting treasures prevents stealing. Not seeing desirable things prevents confusion of the heart. The wise, therefore, rule by emptying hearts and stuffing bellies, by weakening ambitions 
and strengthening bones. If men lack knowledge and desire, then clever people will not try to interfere. If nothing is done, then all will be well. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? That's beautiful. So in this chapter, Lao Tzu cautions against becoming overly focused on acquiring things, material things, as well as avoiding becoming jealous of others or envious of others' positions or things. Conversely, not becoming too prideful of of our own position. Just think of how much we in this society are motivated by greed, envy, jealousy, and pride. It's the source of much wasted life spent pursuing things for their perceived value while neglecting that which naturally resides in our hearts and in alignment with the Tao. Oh, one, one second, Dr. Totten. That, that just cued on something you were talking about, you know, greed. And the funny thing is, through working in advertising, uh, you learn quite quickly that the number one motivating factors in selling yes. products, greed and fear. <laughs> yes. And those yes. are the quickest way, altruism... You will never sell <laughs> solar panels based on selling saving the earth, but you will uh, sell them if you say your electricity bill is going to go up. Yes. Lock in a low right now yes. with these solar panels. Yes. <laughs> and so, I, exactly. So I, I think that by avoiding striving based mainly on overcoming or impressing others, we're able to find our own path and at the same time help others find theirs through our positive example. You know, the best way to teach is through your own positive example. Right. You know, you kind of walk the walk right. instead of just talk about it. We can also avoid creating the conditions for so much contentiousness and poor selfish behaviors that deplete rather than nourish society. And, uh, you know, I was reading somewhere recently that almost all great spiritual teachers throughout history recommend one thing in common, no matter what their tradition, their religion, their spiritual path is, almost all of them say one thing. And you know what that one thing is? Be of service to Mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. Because when you offer selfless service to others, it means that you are seeing others as being part of you and your world and not separate. Mm-hmm. And therefore, helping them is helping yourself. It's a positive goal, a positive accrues to all involved. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of this rising tide lifts all the ships. Right. It's, like a, it's called Tiklan Olam, I think, it's a Hebrew for repairing the earth. Yes. Right? Yes. And so that, that's a common thread in every spiritual tradition. Service. Mm-hmm. Service. You see someone, and, and nothing feels better, actually, than just helping someone without any expectation of anything in return. Right. Just kind of out of the goodness and kindness of one's heart. And that is so in harmony with the natural rhythm and ebb and flow of the Tao that it's impeccable. Right. It's literally impeccable. And if we had more of that in this world, I think we'd see many, many of our problems begin to just disappear because there is actually enough for everyone oh, yeah. in the world but because of greed it, the it, we have all of these built-in inequities where a few at the top have a hundred a thousand times more than everybody else right 
And um, that system is not sustainable forever. No. It depletes the earth. It is out of balance. It is out of balance, and it depletes the soul. Now, it's funny, when you were saying that every, uh, you know, there's one thing that everybody talks about, I thought you're going this one way, but you didn't. <laughs> I thought that you were going to say most spiritual teachings are against materialism. And I see that this is uh, very much so about materialism, because it's kind of like, it's, you know, people chasing things that are kind of artificially valuable, mm-hmm. or things that are arbitrarily seen as valuable, kind of like, uh, like diamonds, Yes. You know, and about how, you know, the De Beers company holds back all these diamonds and just releases a certain amount a year to keep their value up. Right. And right. I remember uh, before I got married, I had a f- kind of f- fight with my wife and I told her, why am I buying you a, a diamond when diamonds are as rare as pigeons? <laughs> she did not like that. <laughs> but, you know, and, and there's all these things that are kind of artificial status symbols that once you kind of scratch the surface of them, you realize it's meaningless, whether it be, you know, something that's a brand name or, you know, uh, having some Air Jordan shoes or, you know, a diamond or all of these things. And uh, lots of these, they, they, they take up so much of people's time and energies in acquiring these things uh, because they're ultimately not fulfilling. And I think that in here, the Tao is saying, you know, don't, don't create these artificial you know, things for us to chase, these red herrings that we, that we chase in life. Um, As Lao Tzu says, the wise, therefore, rule by what? Emptying hearts, stuffing bellies. That's right. Weakening ambitions and strengthening bones. <laughs> right. And it's just, it's all about, you know, trying to get out of that rat race that you'll never win. You know, no. there's always going to be somebody better looking than you, richer than you, you yep. know, more successful than you. And, uh, you know... It's a it's a fool's errand. You know. <laughs> Better to just accept oneself as you are and try to just be the best person you can be yeah. while helping others be the best persons they can be. Then what goes around comes around, right? Karma. Yeah. Right? We are creating the, you know, the life that we're living. And if we see everything as being abundant because we're sharing and giving, then that is the exact condition that we create. That is what this Tao is all about. It's all about.